Welcome to the Dental Amigos podcast with Dr. Paul Goodman and attorney Rob Montgomery, taking you behind the scenes of the dental business world, all the things you didn't learn in dental school but wish you had. Rob is not a dentist and Paul is not a lawyer, but since Rob is a lawyer, we need to tell you that this podcast is for informational purposes only and shouldn't be considered legal advice. Listening to this podcast does not and will not create an attorney-client relationship. As is always the case, you should formally consult with legal counsel before proceeding with any legal matter. Learn more about The Dental Amigos at www.thedentalamigos.com. And now, here are The Dental Amigos. Hello, everyone. I'm Rob Montgomery. I'm joined, as always, by the head nacho himself, Dr. Paul Goodman. Great to be talking, Rob. It's good to see you, Paul. And welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Dental Amigos uh, into Season 2, talking about associate agreements from the employer's uh, perspective. Uh, And today, we are talking about after the breakup. When it ends. Yeah, it sounds like like, like an 80s like pop yeah, tune. Yeah, right. Right. We can associate rom-com. That's right. And so and more than likely, uh, this associateship will end someday, yeah. you know, either sooner or later. Uh, and as we like to say, you know, there are good breakups For and there sure. are bad breakups, but Breakups are breakups. Usually the, the timing. Usually the timing is not ideal for both parties at the same time. We'll talk about that. Yeah, and and that's that's an important thing to to keep in mind. And you know, as we've talked about in a number of the other episodes, you as the practice owner have the ability to control your destiny to some extent with this, yeah. right? I mean, if you are doing the right thing from a mentorship standpoint, your compensation situation is good. You did the proper planning before you hired your associate to make sure that you had enough production for them. Like you can provide this good work environment that makes the uh, associateship more sticky, so to speak. Um, uh, But even in that case, you know, people do choose to move and, on. And also, I think we, I just thought of this, Rob, before we dig into some of our, our topics is as a practice owner, especially a private practice owner, looking for an associate, most of the time, the associate that is going to be an ideal fit for your office and the one that you work well with is going to want to own a practice one day. And you're yeah. going to have to get used to that cycle. Now, I think I am very lucky currently, but I'm I hope my associates live whatever best dentisting life they want, Rob. If they want to jump into practice ownership and own a circus, I mean practice, I mean circus, I mean place where the animals don't try to eat you, just annoy you to death, that's a practice, then they can go and do that. If they want to be an associate for decades, great, because I think more women in dentistry has influenced our profession in the most awesome way, really, do, I do, uh-huh. but with unique ways of you know practice ownership journeys. And you know that that I'm just putting that out as a, as a side point, but you know, in the traditional associate world, most of the time the associate that you like to hire is someone who might want to own a practice. So we're going to talk about why you need to be ready to replace, why you need to be ready to be agile and have your own expectations managed as a practice owner. Yeah. And I think that's important for everybody to realize. I mean, if you want that quality person, you have to understand that that quality person is probably going to want some sort of ownership opportunity at some point, either in their own practice or depending on the size and capacity of your practice, possibly uh, in your practice too, through some sort yeah. of buy-in. There's, there's, maybe there's like a word I'll make up, a staleification of a relationship. And it might not only be in dentistry, but you know, go to a DSO, go to a private practice person who's had a lot of associates, try to find someone who's worked there for a decade or more. It's rare, right? And that's for so many reasons, which we'll talk about, mm-hmm. controllable and uncontrollable, but we're, we're gonna deliver is why you need to just be purposeful, as you would, Rob would say, and plan for this. Right, and and so I think to some extent, and we'll talk a little bit about about what that planning 
what we mean by that. But uh, I think, well, let's here here we go. So you know, planning for the replacement. Yeah. You know, how are you going to replace them at some point? But then also, I would imagine, Paul, that the the policies and the protocols and the procedures that you have in place, the greater, the, the more substantial that is, and the more structured that is, the easier it is to plug somebody For new sure. in. Like, if you are just doing the the mentorship and the onboarding of an associate or any employee for that matter on a you know pro hoc you know you know, uh, ad hoc basis rather where, hey, you know, let's let's train them and reinvent right. the wheel every time somebody new comes in. Like that's exhausting. Yeah. Right. You know, so the ability to put in uh, procedures in place where other people in the office share the responsibility for training certain aspects of that dentist. I mean, I'm way out of my lane here, but I mean, there is the clinical aspect yeah. of the mentorship, but then, you know, how do you interact with uh, uh, keeping the, the charts yeah. and submitting claims and how you're keeping your notes? Like, you don't have to be the only person in the office that's training this person, For right? sure. I mean, and yeah, in I mean, fact, if you are, I think you're probably doing something wrong. Yeah, I mean, I, your points are so valid inside and outside of dentistry, especially inside of dentistry. Dentist, dentists tend to be extraordinarily dramatic people, but probably makes them good at what they do, but also makes them difficult as leaders. You know, I will share authentically, you know, I've been through life situations that have been awesome and some that have been awful with my dad suddenly passing away. And we had to see all of his patients when he wasn't there anymore. And we had to deal and have systems in place to do it. And it was devastating, but we needed to service these patients. And what it kind of taught me is, Patients are fairly normal. It's us dentists that have this weird mind relationship. Like if my associate leaves, I can't possibly find anyone who could ever do fillings like my associate. And I said, well, right. you should figure that out because your associate is going to move on at some point. Yeah. And I think, you know, what you said is you want to have a, I think Mark Costa says a lot at DSI, you want to have a systems-driven practice, not necessarily a people-driven practice. And the reason for that is for, to be able to keep delivering care to patients, to keep the business running, because people move on from things you know, voluntarily, willfully, but also through totally uncontrollable circumstances. So maybe, we, you know, Belichick has gotten a lot of um, kudos for being a, sure. you know, plugging in. He also has gotten a few um, barbs for videotaping other people's practices. <laughs> but in this case, I'm going to say video is good. Videotape your procedures, videotape your protocols. So you can give someone an onboarding process. So I think, you know, just right off the bat, an onboarding process for to prepare for your next associate is so key. Right. And, and, and that really helps to try to stack the deck uh, and increase the likelihood of success in that yeah. relationship, right? So whatever you can do to make that mentorship process uh, more effective and more efficient, sure. you're not just doing it for the associate in front of you, you're doing it for the next associate yeah. and the associate after them. Um, so just back up for a second with that. So um, you know, we talk about what causes the end. There are the yeah. good ends, which is, you know, somebody decides that they want to buy a practice right. or do a startup, or maybe they're relocating to another uh, another part of the country because a spouse has taken a job or right, is yeah, in these, school. These are good ends. You know, I would share that, you know, our dentist job connect clients sometimes, you know, we do dentist job connect. I love it. And they go, I need you again. And you always want to hear why, right? You're right, hoping it's right, for right. a good reason. Yeah. So someone recently in Maryland said, my awesome associate bought a practice. And, you know, I think that's a happy circle of life you know maybe yeah. i'm sure when the i'm sure when that associate walked in and said hi dr w i'm going to buy my own practice i'm sure her first thought wasn't oh hooray right right but maybe after a minute or two she thought this is how the circle of dental life worked you know if you're mm -hmm. if you're a practice owner i want to point this out 
wasn't that you one day? Was that you in the 1980s? Right. So, you know, buying your own practice, we had a situation during the pandemic where our you know, awesome associate moved across the country because his spouse was in a residency, you know, and we had to replace him. So I think those, Rob, are two good reasons for a breakup, you know, mm -hmm. reasons that are just, you know, happy life circumstances, buying a practice and a spouse moving. And, and, and uncontrollable too. And not controllable, you know, right, uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's something that, that you can't, you can't really change. But, you know, again, with the good end of, in that respect, um, it is a good story to yeah. tell, and it's a it's a good story to tell the next associate that, yeah, they're looking to attract. Yeah, it's just right. like everyone. This can is I talk to the the old associate? Of course you can. Yeah, you know? and they'll tell you that they had a good experience there. Hopefully, because if you ran things right and you did the right mentorship, obviously you've you've trained them enough that they feel confident enough to go out and and own their own practice. In that one example, um, that's something that uh, a new prospective associate likes to hear. Yeah. You know, that's that's not the, can I talk to the previous associate? What do you want to know? Right. You know, like right. that's, that's, you talk about that red, just makes red it weirder. Ball. I mean, if someone said right. to me, I want to talk to my associates, I said, sure, here's, here's how you can contact them. Ask them anything you want about their experience here. Good, annoying, challenging. I would love for you to hear hear that because it shows initiative on that associate to think, hey, I want to make sure it's the right fit for me. And yeah, they're checking on seeing if it's the right fit for them. And I think that life should have more of that where you're able to just kind of authentically share your story and not be so worried that it's only going to be a negative thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And now, so that's the good end. The bad ends, these are the things that we've talked about in different episodes. You know, these are the things that you can control. You know, not uh, not providing uh, proper mentorship yeah. uh, where somebody feels like, hey, I'm just out on the island. I'm not learning anything. Right. I'm stressed out. I'm frustrated. I'm not clinically, uh, I'm not developing clinically and professionally. That's bad insufficient income yeah you know? but, I mean I want to say two of those things because there's you know there's a lot of yellingness out there on the Facebook groups and I, I strive my best to be a voice of reason and sometimes you know practice owner said I had an associate once and when they left I had to redo 30 crowns and I go were you not checking any of these crowns because that would not happen to my brother and I and it doesn't mean because we're the best Rob it's just because we're aware of what's being the donuts being made yeah. in our practice, yeah. and if some of the donuts are stale, yeah. we don't wait till crown thirty yeah. to address it. And sometimes it's addressed with training. Uh -huh. Sometimes it's addressed with you can't make these donuts right now. It hasn't happened to us, but it could be addressed with ending the relationship. Mm -hmm. So I think what you said there with the mentorship is key. And then the insufficient income is usually a bigger problem. You know, practice owners say. My associate has to, you know, pull their weight, eat, eat what they kill. And I say, if they don't have enough money, you could give them some of your money, right? That's possible. Because, you know, if you're a practice owner and you're producing dentistry, maybe you need to give them some of your in income if you want to keep an associate. Or authentically talk to them and say, hey, we're not busy enough for you here. And end the relationship in as hopefully a productive way as possible. But sadly, Rob, I see that the most. Yeah, a dentist wanting an associate, but not really having the patient volume to support one. Yeah, uh, unrealistic expectations, poor planning. You know, it's all this comes back to yeah. to, to roost for you. And then look, you know, then uh, <laughs> when it comes time to hire somebody else, hire a replacement. You know, then you have to tell the story as to why the person left, and you know, you may be in a situation where. You know, you're not really too thrilled about your prospective associate talking to your former associate. And if you find yourself in that in that position, that's a bad place to be. Of course, right. right? And, and also ask people around you before you hire an associate practice owners. 
if they think this is a good idea for you as a professional and also as a business owner, you know, ask your attorney, ask your accountant, ask your consultant and say, hey, I want to before you offer something to an associate, because, you know, it kind of just goes back to that general planning thing where oftentimes dentists are so used to Rob making every decision themselves. And they don't always even do it willfully. They just make yeah. this decision. Right. And if they don't go to their, what Mark Costas calls their board of advisors, you know, and I'd be like me saying, hey, Rob, I'm going to buy a farm. You think that's a good idea? You're like, <laughs> you don't like the outdoors, Paul. Like, but I think I've learned to like it. It's like, I've known you for over I a decade. You, so you're driving a tractor. Yeah. So, you know, I think that, and you know, then also authentically share, because I want to be practical. Sometimes your associate does not have the clinical skill set that matches your practice. And you don't have to tell them that they're a terrible dentist and you don't have to tell them they're not a good professional. You just have to figure out a way to end this relationship and maybe invite them to find a place that's a better fit for them. Yeah. No, I like that. And so with that, you know, we're talking about planning for the replacement. Um, you know, at how should practice owners, what should they be doing, even during the times that the relationship seems rosy? Because again, as we said, you've got a great associate, they're really doing awesome. A year from now, that awesome associate right. could go and say, I want to buy a practice. I mean, what, what do you do to prepare for that eventuality? I think that, you know, it's really a good question is to have better check-ins. You know, Kira Dent, we work with her. She's a sponsor of Nachos and the A-Team and they're great. And they've really taught us about check-ins with our team members. And that goes for associates too. It's like check-ins, like what are their life goals? How are things going? Do you, you know, what, what, you know, you do all of our associate contracts and I don't, I don't, I don't want to sound like I don't um, know what's inside of all of them, but I believe we make a year contract most of the time for our first associate and sort mm -hmm. of say, how's this go after a year? Let's right. see where we're at. You know, I just saw someone in Del Lancia saying, I'm getting a contract that says I have to stay here for three years. Is that normal? I say, that nope. seems aggressive. It's not <laughs> normal. Right? If, 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 if that person is listening right now, <laughs> three-year term without the ability to terminate early without yeah. cause is not normal it's not good right so i you know it's checking in and sort of you know i, I don't I'm, I'm interested as i'm interested in my associates as professionals as people i mean i genuinely like talking to people so i don't know maybe one of my associates husband is getting a new job in connecticut soon i would like to know and, and it, it, i think when you really treat people the way you want to be treated they give you a heads up and they say you know when, when this happened with our associate and you know who it is going across san francisco he told us as early as possible right I mean, he he I think he felt for us because he knew we had to replace him. Yeah. So I think preparing is A, checking in with your current associates, and then B, being active. You know, obviously I know it's self-interest with my dentist job connecting that I do, but whether you use a free service, a fee service, a headhunter, connecting with people who can help you find these associates because you're going to need them, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, when some, some practice owners say, I don't want to use your service, Paul. I can just advertise on social media. I go, on your own Facebook page, is your aunt going to be your associate, right? Because that's the only person who's going to see it. So she the, might share it with somebody that knows a dentist. Yeah, and they go, there's all these young dentists. I go, you don't know any of them. You don't know their, are you on Instagram? Are you on TikTok? So it's just paying attention yeah. to, you know, I always say, um, we said this for our nacho events, Rob, CWC, connect with connectors, right? Connect with connectors. Connect with people who can help you solve this challenge. So if you ever hire an associate and you don't want to, most, most practice owners, Rob, and I'll use Todd Fleischman, previous guest, I told me he needed an associate. He said he didn't need one. I said, you need one? And he said he should have got an associate earlier. He never wants to practice without an associate. Yeah. So he's two decades more in this field, okay? So he has to pay attention because maybe one of his associates has a second child and stopped practicing dentistry for a while. Yeah. Maybe one of his associates moves across the country. So I think preparing is being proactive instead of reactive as to how to find your next associate right and, and and you know that means that even though things seem to be going well 
you're still out there going to happy hours, going to CE events, you know, right, yeah. dental society meetings, CE. like just, you know, meeting people, meeting the connectors, but also meeting potential dentists that, you know, you don't know whether it's going to be this month, next month, six right. months from now. And, you know, it's sort of like you have to keep yourself in the dating pool, so to and, speak. And that's why, I'm, you know, I've, we made a really good point for practice owners. If you hire an associate, it's part of your responsibility to go to local dental events. I just got back from Arizona, Atlanta, and Boston, but I'm having a local event here this week because local people solve your local problems. Yeah. So it is great to go to Spear in Arizona, but you're likely not going to find your associate there. Yeah. Go to the local events in your area and just show up, have a beer, have nachos, sit and talk to people because those relationships are the ones that can solve the problems when you need them. Yeah, no, and it's great. And what you do is, is awesome at, at the, the happy hours Thanks that you so. do at, at Rosie's and some of the other places. The one fun. group around two associates last time they were yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, I see it that, you know, there's a few older practice owners there. And, you know, on my observation, usually it's like two to three to one, the young yeah. dentists to the older people. So it's like you get to meet those people. You're in the room with eight, 10, 12 people that are potential associates in For your sure. market. Like that, that's and not they, a bad thing. And dentists, and they know other dentists like them and if they have a job, right. their friend might need a job, right? right? So it's like, and it's the same thing with practice owners. So this goes for the whole circle of dental. You're, if you're in the four major decisions, buy a, uh, find a job, buy a practice, hire an associate, sell your practice, those are the times you have to be most active in local events. Yeah. If you're in those, in those phases, because that's where these people can really solve a problem that'll change your life in the best way. Right. And you know, we'll just end it the way we started it. This relationship more than likely will end sometime, right? right? And yes. it may not be at a time of your choosing. So have yourself from a preparation standpoint, and also just from a mindset standpoint, right. be ready to uh, to attack that that situation when it comes, and don't be blindsided and let it just totally throw you off kilter. You know, have have that mindset that hey, this is going to end. So that when it ends, you say, "I was waiting for this, and, and now I'm ready." I'm going to end with this, Rob, because I'm pull my pull out my dental card in with this practice owners. If you don't prepare for your next associate, you're going to have to check all those hygiene patients yourself. So that will inspire them, Rob. <laughs> <Ta-da>! <laughs> That's good motivation. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, if you enjoy the podcast, be sure to leave us a good review in all the usual podcast places. And thanks. It's always good to see you, Paul. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for listening to another great podcast with the Dental Amigos. And don't forget to tune in next time to have the dental business demystified. If you're looking for more information about today's podcast, you can find it on thedentalamigos.com. If you're looking for Paul, you can find Paul at drpaulgoodman.com. And if you're looking for Rob, you can find him at yourdentallawyer.com. This podcast has been sponsored by Orange Line Media Group, helping dentists and other professionals create content people love. Find out how we can help you take your business to the next level at www.orangelinemg.com. Till next time.